0: Hey, thanks for joining us here on the new adjuster podcast. I'm Jeremiah Long, the head video producer here at CNC. We're interviewing a few of our adjusters and trainers, bringing you tons of insider tips and advice for becoming an adjuster, what it's like being deployed, and more. We hope these interviews will help you launch you further into your career as an adjuster. Also be sure to check out our official YouTube channel at Catastrophe and National Claims. There you will be able to watch the full episodes and the shorter clips of these podcasts. What would what would a typical day be like then for an adjuster just going out doing a claim? what's it like? What what is the how do you how do you know where you're going?
1: Do you call the people? What do you do? You you gotta have some type of organization, some type of plan ahead of time, plan for it because you know, you just it's just not as simple as, as getting up in the morning and, and getting in your vehicle and calling the homeowner and going out. You know, I'm coming here, and then um, you, you go inside, outside the house, get on the roof, walk around, and, and you leave. And you know, I say I'll, I'll call you in a you week or two. You have to get two. on roofs. If you're if you're in the the wind side, if you're doing uh, property, I guess as far as estimating, um, you got to plan your day. You got to call, and and you got to account for. There's lots of variables that come into play, not just doing the inspection, but drive time. You know, talking, explaining to the policyholder while you're there, traffic um you know in amongst it may take it may take shorter time than what you plan for it may take longer and then if you've got five six seven eight inspections a day then you just make sure you so what we through an
0: inspection todd when you do an inspection okay so
2: you, you david call just the
0: people you say i'm coming out there at 7 a.m i'm gonna get on your roof or whatever and then then what
2: Well, it all starts with the IA firm. So we're going to get our claims, and they're going to send us the loss notice or the first notice of loss for the insured. So that's going to have the phone number. We've got to make contact with them. I know property FEMA requirements are probably pretty close to the same. You want to make those phone calls within your first 24 hours. And then that kind of gives you the balance of what you need to do and how you need to do it. So if you've got 60 claims, you're not going to call 60 people in 24 hours. But you also got to figure out where these claims are. You got to figure out your mapping, just like David was saying. You got to organize. You got to figure this out fast so you understand it. So a typical day on, well, property, he just mentioned uh, six to eight claims a day. I don't advise that at flood at all because you're dealing with the whole entire house. You're dealing with all their contents that were damaged from flooding. So it's a little bit different in that case. But it all starts still with that first phone call. You got to set that first phone call. You got to map that. Uh, one of the things that you got to be uh, very keen on is what they're saying. Also, as a policyholder, you're going to detect their stress level. You're going to detect their um, concerns. You're going to see all that. So you n- need to know how to balance all that within that first conversation. Don't just say, "Hey, I'm the adjuster. I'm going to be out there in five minutes," or "You mm-hmm. know, I'm going to be out there in a week." You can't do that in this industry not anymore anyways so now you got to show the empathy you got to be kind to them you got to understand their loss and then you got to set your schedule and stuff and you know again like you just said seven o'clock in the morning yeah that's a typical day some people start earlier you know it depends on what time you know i've been out on my first claim at six o'clock in the morning I've been out there when the sun's coming yeah, up. Yeah. I've been out the same thing. And <laughs> but then I had to get been... up at
0: two to drive three hours <laughs> to get there, which yeah. would normally only takes about forty five minutes because of traffic during a catastrophe. So yeah. That yeah. happens. So yeah. so then what happens though with the inspection now? So now now you've got you have made the phone call, you've uh scheduled your inspection, you're going out there at seven AM, it's that easy. What do I do? Do I just take pictures and then go home? Do I
2: again? It depends what you're doing. If you're doing property, it's going to be well, different. Let's stick if to you're property. doing flood,
0: it's going to be different. Well, they're kind of the same because they're both they're both damage. Mm. So you're yeah. you're you're photographing damage, right? Right. You obviously have to know how much carpet you're going to replace.
1: Yeah, so it depends on the scope, is as well as what you what's the scope? The scope of damage, meaning what's damaged, what's, what's damaged, been, okay. and what's covered. You've got to. Uh, be able to – obviously, you're going out there looking at everything and be able to determine what's what's covered, what's not, and what's damaged and what's uh, what they call long-term or maybe maintenance issues that may not be covered under the policy. And then you've got to be uh, well-versed in the policy to be able to explain that to the homeowner.
0: So that's where the training comes in as well yep. as far as knowing what the insurance policy is going to cover. Right. You mentioned maintenance and wear and tear, so those are not covered in a standard insurance policy, or really any that, I, that I'm They're aware not, of. They're not, and
1: let's be honest. I, uh, I'll just speak for myself, but I didn't know any better until I got into this business, you know, just hearing uh, folks talk about insurance claims, and, and, you know, there's a fallacy as far as uh, the adjuster don't want to pay for, for mm-hmm. this or for that, and really that's the opposite of like, it is. what it is, right? I, I agree 100% with that. that. Yep. The adjuster it's does a want to question. pay for it. Why? why? Because how do they make their money? Right. By what they write an estimate for. Right. right. So it's in their best interest. It's in everyone's best interest. We want to find coverage for the customer, right. for the policyholder. Right. Uh, because it's the right thing. You know, the, the caveat to it is this, this is how we get paid, you know, based on what we write. But you also have to, you know, you stand by the policy. and You've got to be able to know the policy to do your job and, and have that uh, conversation explain to the customer there's ways and so many especially starting out new folks are are scared to explain a denial or deny something they'll just push it to the side and and focus on this is what we can pay and this is what's covered and all this stuff but you know the rot on the fascia I'm not going to mention it and maybe they it's not going to go away they're going to ask you about it a new adjuster
0: they don't know Mm. the policy holder comes in and says well you know Let's, let's get this fixed, and then you're looking at it, and you see that the, that's where the kid throws his baseball every day, and that's why there's dents in the uh, garage door. That. So.
1: <laughs> right. Um, right. That's
0: could, not covered, but how do you know that?
1: It, it's, By it's been, knowing the policy? Yes, and, and being able to you've, got to, you've got to know where it is and point it out and put it in writing and explain it to the customer.
0: What do if it. I don't know and I go ahead and say, yeah, we're going to pay for that, then what?
1: Be you honest. Don't ever do that. Be honest. Be and honest. Tell, Hopefully, I, I
0: don't know. I'm going to ask somebody if that's covered.
1: I, and I'm glad you say that because what I was taught, the way I learned from other folks in the business, is be honest. Don't 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 just say yeah. No one is not. If you don't know, um, I've always I was taught and learned to say, you know what? Let me check your policy, and I'll get back to you. Yep. For all I knew before I started this, is the policy was a thousand pages, and I don't know <laughs> how to read any of it. Right. right? So. They're going to go back and say, well, at least he's going to look in the policy and see. You come back and say, you know, after further further review what you did. You asked for help. I got help, further review. Unfortunately, it's just not covered. This is where it is in the policy right here. It's
2: not covered. Right. But you need to know how to decipher that, too. You need to know what the damage is from the storm. Suppose you have wind and hail, whatever. You need to know how to decipher that damage versus, you know, or log floating into a garage door from flood damage, or was it something else that hit the garage door and they're just trying to claim that? You need to know how to look at all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So that comes with, and and I use this term loosely, experience. But how do you learn experience? By being out in the field. Unless you know construction. By having that field of construction, you don't have to know construction. David didn't know construction. I only knew construction just because that's what I did just as a, kid, just growing up, I used to go clean the houses, you know, for 50 bucks. So, Mm -hmm. I had spending money. You know, so I learned. I got to listen to those guys. I got to learn what things were. But, again, then I never used it. I was a Marine. 20 years. I didn't. From high school age to 20 years later, I decided to become an adjuster. Yep. I didn't know
1: what to do. Right. You've, you coming into, coming into this as as a new person, you've got to be a sponge. Yep. You've got to learn. You've got to be open to constructive criticism and asking questions. You know, my, one of the, uh, the other things that I've learned is, is you can relate this to really thing, really anything, but ask the question and write it down, write the answer down in case it comes up again. If you don't remember, you can refer to it instead of just asking the same question over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's a, a retention thing that, that you need to, to I'll fix or have in place.
2: I'll say one more thing, too. Mm-hmm. Training is valuable. If the <coughs> company that you're going to work for is there, train. Do it all. It, take the time off. Is it do expensive? Do it. Yeah, some I mean, can I do have some can job. be. Yeah, some can be cost effective. Some cannot be. I mean, it just depends on your time frame, what you're available. But here's why, and I leave this with the, um, this note. Is nobody, you know, I knew how to climb a ladder. but I knew how to climb a ladder from yeah. what? Watching my dad climb a ladder and yeah. me climbing a ladder and jumping off my roof into the pool. You know, that's how I knew how to climb a ladder. I didn't know how to climb a ladder for a roof claim during Hurricane Katrina. You know, I walked up a blue roof fine. Guess what? I slid down the other side right off the roof. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's how I learned. I better not do that again, you know. No. I climbed the ladder and. Yeah, you don't want to do that on a claim on a claim. On Though. Yeah, <laughs> well, I did it, and you know, I learned. You know, I, I got a disability from the Marine, you know, from Marine Corps. So I climbed a ladder, was stepping off the ladder, and my left leg glaved out, and I fell back, and the ladder hit me in the head. Wow, you know. Mm. So, but I didn't know how to place my ladder on a roof properly. I didn't know that there were ladder. There was ladder training out there, but there is. Mm. You've got to do that training, otherwise. You're going to end up like me. Hurricane Tr- Katrina, I was in the hospital four times.
1: Wow. All because of mistakes I made because I didn't know what to do. Wow. But I learned. <laughs> you know, going back to your point about training and the cost, it, it goes back to my thing is in, is investing in yourself. You know, if this is what you really want to do, you have to look at the long-term benefits of it. Mm-hmm. And what you're able to give back, you know, it's just – it's. Get the short term, the upfront cost. Or it, it doesn't really. Well, you keep
0: talking about the cost, and um, what are the cost? How long will it take me? Let's say that. Let's say that um, I decide, uh, yeah, I want to do it, and I get the training, <coughs> and then I spend the money, and I spend five hundred dollars. And I don't know if that's a good uh, representation of what will get me started, mm-hmm. because I know I still have to have equipment. So let's just say that's on training and licensing. How long will that training take? And then when do I get a claim? And then what else do I need? How much?
1: When am I going to see some money coming back to me? You've got to it. It it's all situational. You just don't fit into one mold. It depends on the event and the storm. But what if you know, there is it, none? It,
0: and then I've invested five thousand dollars and keep getting trained, and I'm the, I'm the most trained person right, out there.
1: Right. You, you've got a you've got a network. And and ask folks where are they getting the work from? Where is the work? You know, the the firm that you're on the roster for, the the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Call and ask, you know, call a deployment to the HR and say, is there any, do you have any work? Where is the work? What's it going to take for me to come work for you guys? What do I need to do? What are you looking for? Do I have the license for where the work is that you have
0: now? So if there's not a catastrophe, can I just do a claim?
1: Can. Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. There's more than to to be an insurance adjuster, uh, and to do this type of work, it just doesn't have to be a hurricane. There's catastrophes that happen all the time, uh, not just a hurricane. There's wildfires. Yeah, there's look at what's a, happening look. in Hawaii.
2: Yeah, a
1: flooding. rainstorm, mm-hmm.
2: flooding all through Maui, shut down the airport, mm-hmm. trees blown over everywhere, knocking
1: out power, damaging houses because they're floating down the street. Right. Look at the look at the ice storm that went through Texas last year. Yep or this past year, whenever, I think it was last year. You know, I mean, you don't, that's not something that they predict, you know, a month Mm -hmm. in advance or two weeks in advance, prepare and and evacuate. It was just a a storm that went through, caused all that damage. In addition to that, think about it every day. For those out there that that have a home or or experienced a claim before, just like auto, you know, I mean, it could be something as simple as the supply line popping off the washing machine or the dryer. You know, you're going, you go out to dinner Friday night, yeah, and you come home and there's water overflow toilet. Yeah, so three and a half year old stuff down's it. uh stuff stuff down stuffs woody down the, the toilet, or Buzz mm-hmm. Lightyear. Yeah, you know, <laughs> put all their toys in there, and then you go and they flush the toilet or whatever, and you come back and there's water everywhere. It's like oh boy,
0: and insurance will pay for that possibly, and they need an in, an insurance adjuster to come and look at that, take pictures, and write an estimate for that. Right, yep. and then right. I would get paid to do that.
1: Yeah, that's that's a that's a, a regular business or a daily claim. A daily uh, dep- claim depends mm-hmm. on. Um, They're probably pretty common. It happens all the time, every day. Yeah. Um, all all sorts of
2: uh, perils. So Geographical location of where you live too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to work for CNC. Let's say you don't have to live here in Mobile, Alabama. Mm-hmm. You can live in any state, and you can have that state license. In like Houston, you can have. The Texas state license, you can live in Houston, still work for CNC, and handle daily claims for them with property. Okay. You can do that in any state. You know, it's just where you're doing. It's, again, I think one of the things that it starts with is application. Understand the application process. Contact that firm. Contact HR. Get all that stuff in. Find out when their training is. Find out if they have virtual training, whatever it is, on-site training, virtual training, and find out from them what your next step is to do Mm -hmm. so you can make sure that you're resourceful to them so they can, you know, properly. Also, when there's a storm or if there's a big catastrophe, like you were talking about with hurricane, there might be an orientation that you need to go to Mm -hmm. to get ready for that storm or for that certain company that, like property, if you're working for a certain particular um, insurance company, there might be an orientation from that company For all the adjusters that are going to work those claims, Mm -hmm. so you just got to be you. You got to understand all that. But the first point of contact is that firm. You got to call their HR. You got to fill out that application. You have to get on their roster, like David has mentioned. You can't just sit there and dream about it. You got to make. You got to take that step. Look out for yourself.
1: The Initiative. Yeah. Just just stay in front of stay in front of them and ask them.
0: And then they will be able to guide me as far as how to get my license and what to do and the expenses and equipment I'll need and everything else. Yeah, the support's there. Because I know a lot about cars, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, there are auto adjusters out there that um, may be interested in in getting into this. They don't know construction, but maybe they're interested in in working a a
2: hailstorm. Well, it's just like that guy you talked
0: about. He, what? repaired tires
2: yep and he said he wanted to do this guess what I would have said hey call us talk to whoever and talk about auto adjusting why because you're already in that field you know a lot about cars because you're replacing tires you're replacing the brakes so focus on that see where it leads you then Mm -hmm. you can move up to the other stuff property flood whatever you know Mm -hmm. you start somewhere where you're going to be flexible and Mm going to know
1: something and there's a test for the auto as well there is, I assume, depending yeah. on the carrier, yeah, you know, they may have some type of certification or, or like you said, orientation or, or some type of training to go through, just to make sure you're um, up to speed and familiar with the way they handle claims mm-hmm. and how they want their uh, policyholders
0: taken care of. So, how much would an adjuster basically make? Just a standard adjuster, you know. Let's not even break them out into auto, property, or just what does an insurance
1: adjuster make? Well, it depends on if you're um, s- staff or if you're independent. Okay. Um, you know what's th- it really y- the the independents they y- you're some make day rate they're just paid a flat rate every day to go out. How kind of much? And then some it depends on how you negotiate uh, with that particular firm that you're working for. Okay. Right. Or the company okay. even in that case. Right. Uh, there's fee schedules. Okay. Um, are involved and and you get a percentage of that. So the insurance company will say that, and it's tiered differently. Each one has their own. So you can't just say it's just this one fits for everything, but they have different tiers as far as claims. You know, if it's zero dollars to 5,000, they they charge this much and the the, um, adjuster gets a percentage of that uh, fee that the firm charges the insurance company. Okay. So um, again, lots of variables in there, but it's tough to say. Um, Fifty
0: thousand, hundred thousand. I was gonna
1: say forty-five to sixty-five um, is a good number, a good range. But you know, there's folks out there that uh, do this part-time. They do it seasonal, mm-hmm. and they budget their money and mm-hmm. they live that way. They 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 work the storm uh, for the first quarter, second quarter of the year. They don't work during the middle of the year, and then they you know there's something that comes up at the end of the year, and they work that storm. Um, so really, to each their own. Um, but you can you can make a really good living at it. It just depends on, um, you know, how much you want to work.
0: What's the high end potential earnings? It,
1: I've heard, I've heard two hundred fifty thousand,
0: three hundred fifty thousand
2: a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It depends. I think I think that really depends on your expertise. You're willing to learn. You're willing of to course. G- yeah, all that, all of those factors come right. involved in that. And that, that could be a good uh, wind adjuster or property adjuster that makes that with FEMA flood, depending on your level of certification with all that stuff. You can make more than that. Mm-hmm. It just depends. But you also got to understand that, you know, even for property side, if you're not working those daily claims, there might not be a storm next year. Right. And if you're putting all your eggs in one basket, you got to be able to balance that yeah for that time frame because what are you going to do next year right, when there's a big no storm for a lot oh, of people what do
0: you do if there's no storm and you're not working a catastrophe then can you get on just a daily and do just daily claims to kind of keep yourself going until the next event or do you just stop go get another job and wait for the next big event
1: For me, it to, it goes back to to each their own. But yeah, I mean, if there's no when was it a lot of flexibility before? though. 2017, there wasn't very many hurricanes, right? Mm-mm. And right. so, really, there were um, pipe burst during the winter mm-hmm. winter months, mm-hmm. and uh, free storms that carried a lot of folks through the year with that work. Um, so, what if I don't want to go? <clears throat> um, <laughs> you, you better look for the next. Uh, you can ask for if they have day claims, or you better look for something else You to do better to probably you, take, uh, that, in the take that
0: opportunity, right? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know,
2: I had a rule of thumb, yeah. and Will and Derek mentioned it from the first get. You know, they don't say no. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. I tell you what, when I retired from the Marine Corps, I had that same philosophy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say no. Mm-hmm. But guess what? When I retired 2006, there were no storms. 2006, 2007, I think the first one was 2008. Well, I continued my training again. I learned from Hurricane Katrina what I needed to do. So 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007, I continued my training for my FEMA flood FCN Mm -hmm. card. So when I got that, I submitted that to that IA firm, and Tropical Storm Faye just happened to be hitting New York. And they says, hey, you ready to go? I says, yeah, and they says, okay, you got to be at Lake Mary, Georgia, tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. I drove right through the center of Tropical Storm Fay. I watched an eighteen wheeler overturn. But when I got there, I got there at four o'clock in the morning. I went to their orientation. The guy turned me around and sent me home. I got pneumonia while I was wow. there because I stayed awake all night. In you know, I didn't do anything. I had claims in my box. I didn't do anything for the first three days except for call my policyholders and say, hey, when I'm available, I'll come and see you. And then my first inspection was with the company that I was working for at that time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to do a flood claim. I'd only done property claim. That, that was back in 2005. Wow. Here it is, 2008. And I just remembered <coughs> what I learned. Don't miss a thing. So, this was my very first flood claim, and I didn't miss a thing. You know, those little door things that's behind the door to protect it from hitting a wall. Mm -hmm. I even wrote that down, the door stop. I mean, it does. And all he goes, it's damaged. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He goes, Todd, he goes, I can't believe it. He says, You're the first adjuster. You mentioned you got everything in that house, you didn't miss a thing. And that's my job. So, but I learned that job, I continued my training.
0: Sounds really challenging, so tell me some of your experience in the field, David, as far as um, where's the best place that you traveled? I know that um, in, my, in my travels, I've been all over the country, never out of the country, but every major cat- catastrophic event, I've been to Los Angeles, New York, Miami, all over Kansas, Texas, everywhere, and um, there's so many things that always kept me going. The travel was really exciting. I'd never left uh, Alabama hmm. until I was uh, 18. I mean I'd been to Florida but just around and then all of a sudden I'm I'm out in Denver I'm like, what is this? Yeah. And there's a different Another world country. and that that really that <laughs> was exciting yeah. and then seeing the hail and the damage and uh, because now and now I'm thinking back to, to hail damage on roofs just seeing wow hail will actually go through a roof. this is interesting and hearing hmm. these people's stories for me, it was the stories and knowing that I could help them. And when I didn't know the answer, I would tell them, I don't know, I'm going to find out, I'm going to help you. And I was always available to help them out. But um, those, are, those are a couple of big things um, that, that got me. How about you?
1: There, you mentioned hail. And, you know, there was years ago, there was a hailstorm that went through Wiley, Texas. And um, within a week, another hailstorm went, went through the same area working claims and <clears throat> like you said i just didn't believe that hell went through the yeah. roof and punctured the roof yeah. it was in the damaged the coffee table yeah. in the oh, living yeah. room and until you saw it and it was i mean it was almost softball size hell and you and you look up and it's like well, amazing how in the world did that <laughs> but it was real mm-hmm. you know and it, these these folks are that that's why they have insurance for for the claims but you know Something like that, they're just, we're all creatures of habit, right? And we're thrown out of a routine and we not panic, but we're just, we're, we just we are we do not know what to do. And, and from an adjuster standpoint, that's your job is to coach them and lead them mm-hmm. and reassure them that this is what we're going to do. This is how it's going to go. And this is how we can help you. And, and so that was, uh, that was just an example of, of just a, an opening um, experience for me is being there and and seeing that literally in person. Yeah, man, this is Pretty amazing. What about
0: you, Todd? You know,
2: I I like traveling. I've always been traveling ever since I was growing up as a kid. So, I mean, I've seen the whole countryside Mm -hmm. and plus with soccer and stuff. But uh, one of my favorite storms, and, again, I was new, was uh, Tropical Storm Irene, Hurricane Lee, I think it was, or they might be uh, different. I was uh, sent up to uh, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Wow. And I had to go look at a house that was on a river. Well, I got there with the policyholder, and I says, okay, sir, so where's your house? And he goes, up there. (laughs) His house was literally in a tree. Wow. All of his house was in a tree because the river got up 33 Mm -hmm. feet. So it took his whole house and put it in the top of that tree. And everything. And I just was fascinated with that. Yeah. And one of the, the wife was there, and she was just crying away and everything. And I, I told her, I says, listen, I says, I'm says, i sorry for your loss, but you know what? I see your cement slab or par- partial of your cement slab. But one thing I gave her, and I like doing this, and this is, brings up what David said. He likes helping people. I said, let's look through this tunnel. There's a light at the end of that tunnel mm-hmm. just remember everything that was damaged you've lost everything your whole life has been changed then upside down all your history everything you know is gone mm-hmm. before your eyes but tomorrow or now that i've come out here we get to start fresh we get to rebuild and there's a light at that end of the tunnel now you get a new new seven life and face That's awesome. and start over And that brought that lady from tears to a smile because she knew that she could start over, and that's the way I kind of felt. That was
0: heartfelt. Yeah, you you feel that when you see somebody's when you see a slab or when you see people in their car parked in, uh, brushing their teeth at six a.m. in the morning because they don't have a home to live in. Yeah, it's heartfelt. You want to help them, and and you will do everything that you can to help them. And that really drew me to this as well. Right. Mm. And that's where it started when my house burnt down, you
2: know, or my house burnt up, not down. I mean, it was still erected as a rough shell. But um, I knew that I I could start fresh. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, one of those things that I told back at the beginning of this podcast is, you know, I wanted to change. I wanted to change the industry. I wanted to change how I was treated so I could treat other people Mm -hmm. with respect and show them that, hey, there is a future to this. There is something better. You can learn from this, and that's what I like about the job. I mean,
0: I love it. It's everything I do. It's all I do full time. Well, that was uh, great, guys. I really appreciate the information there. There's so much more I wish we could have covered. You know, I know we just got kind of conversational and started talking, but thanks for the information. Uh, Hopefully that will help some folks, you know, want to get involved in this business. Um, It's been good to me for 33 years. I love it. I never wanted to do anything else. When my dad took me on my first claim, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And um, so, but appreciate y'all being here. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, David.
1: Absolutely. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having us. Okay.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the new adjuster podcast by CNC. We hope it was helpful. Be sure to follow CNC to stay updated about all of our upcoming new episodes. Leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening from, and we hope to see you again soon.